What's going on, Rare Fam? This is Bison. Just jumping in before we get into the episode to let you know that none of this should be construed as financial advice. We are not financial advisors. In fact, we are just bozos trading JPEGs on the internet. Our risk is not your risk, so please make sure you do your own research before jumping into any of these projects and consult with your financial advisor. You know, the licensed one, not us. We are just people who love JPEGs and we're going to keep trading them. Now, let's get into the episode. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is Bison, aka Bison Trades, over on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of Rare Fud Radio. On today's episode, we are joined by our good friend Light. If you don't know who Light is, well, just the best content writer over on Twitter. He was one of our first guests on Rare Fud, and since then, we've both just grown. We've grown, so it's it's nice to have him back on. We're going to be talking about Bad Environment Club today talking about what's going on with them, what's in the pills, what are we doing with the pills, what are we doing with this garbage they gave us. Um, literally, they were airdropping garbage to us. That's that's not a diss on, <laughs> on light. So we'll be talking about everything in between with what's going on with them. And then, of course, we'll be breaking down the market, talking about what's going on in the ecosystem. It's still dire. It's not looking good for NFTs, at least. Uh, very choppy in the token market and underlying assets had fed now announced and the dollars ripping I, it's wild times in these markets but join with me as always my wonderful brother in content mr door himself door how we living hey dog every day is a holiday happy to be back for another one man not much is going on the market so it's a perfect time to have a guest on dog because if we didn't have one on i have no idea what we'd be talking about <laughs> i know i'm i'm really appreciative of light too and light's just yeah. so easy to talk to mm -hmm. so we, we can break down everything going on with the project and like you said uh, this is the time that i think you know projects have to be the punching bag uh mm -hmm. because you have a lot of people in these markets that don't understand markets and so mm -hmm. they're like what's going on why floor price down you know win yep. win win and you have to kind of absorb that but at the same time you have to strategize okay what are we dropping when are we dropping it when's it going to be the most high impact and mm -hmm. it just kind of breaking down everything so you know, it, it's tough being a, a founder in the, at these times. It's not all bull. And, uh, you know, especially minting in a bear, too, because mm -hmm. it's not fun. So mm -hmm. we'll be talking about all of that with light. You know, we definitely feel it as uh, people involved with projects ourselves. Mm -hmm. But then we have our wonderful trader as well. Our other co-host who now has a ZMB. What's going on, Joe? Yeah, what's popping? What's good? What's how you doing? You're doing amazing on my side. ZMB up. <laughs> it looks good dude i mean yeah. it definitely fits Pretty. you i i i saw your tweet where you were just talking about how it feels good to buy something and just kind of rock it and this is gonna be my ip right um yeah and i think that's 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 good that's a good way of going about it like mm -hmm. i don't think tony's going anywhere you know we obviously ways to see what he's done with zmb and omb now um and just kind of going from there so Oh, I'm trying to figure out. Um, that, yeah, I like what. What was the decision point? You just saw a ZMB and you're like, yeah, you know, I think I like that. Or yeah. did you so I've liked, I've liked ZMBs the whole time. Okay. I've always wanted one, but I just never like. I was very much into profit taking and getting myself IRL situated, and then yep. kind of like slowly just been like, I need, you know, I love chimps and gorillas from the heist, but I just it doesn't feel like me. Like I just needed something for my brand ever since I yep. lost my D God. So. It was that move. And then I got to talk to Tony on Spaces um, yesterday. 
and he he explained like what happened what's going on what they're doing like what's getting burned for the new waves and like his whole like kind of outlook and just the person he was i was vibing with and i was like dude i need a new ip i'm just gonna cop some of these and i luckily i did right after i bought it ripped the because the additions you burn two and you get a whitelist or you have one unprofessional, but the the arbitration was there. It was like way cheaper to have the additions burned than hold the, the unprofessional. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was all encompassing. But happy yeah, it's always it's always funny to see the price action in ZMB because it's just so it wild swings, yes. wild mm-hmm. swings. I mean, these things ran up to what like sixty soul. I think yeah. even higher than that, dude. Yeah, dude, the lowest they were at was like one point two five. I w- I was looking at them when I was just looking at OMB. And I was like, oh, I'll just get OMB. But I knew those things were going to pump. And they ran up to, what, 60-ish? So, yeah, that's yeah. pretty insane. Um, no, I, I think it's a really good call, too. Because I think, you know, they, they're always going to have somewhat of an inherent floor yes. because they're collected by art collectors. Like, they, mm-hmm. they seriously are. I've yeah. seen some of the most yep. rabid art collectors in the space that just love ZMB. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I oh, think yeah, it's a good Papa call. Rumu and the Brink Brink yeah. Gallery. Yeah, like Smokey. Invested into it. Yeah, I uh, love um, Smokey too. I can't wait to see him in Nashville. But yeah, no, yeah, I think so you're it's absolutely just cool. Right. Like I'm never on this side of the fence with you guys, right? And it just feels good. Like I have no stress and anxiety. It could go to yep. zero. Like it's here because it's like expresses mm-hmm. my ethos through a picture. Yep. And like I'm excited to see like which ones, if the new wave resonates with me more, I'll swap them out. Maybe I'll sell one, but I'll always have one as an IP. But for now, this is the this is the play for sure. I think that's a good idea. Okay, let's pivot over to the not-so-fun part of the show and talk about the market overview. Uh, We are closing in at sub-2,000 buyers. We are at 2,079 buyers, according to Soul Sniper, now sniper.xyz, if you want to follow along. Uh, 4,655 sellers. It's just market interest in general has just gone completely by the wayside i mean not nobody's even interested in selling i think we're at the point where it's like i'm just stuck with these bags you know like what am i gonna do with them now Mm -hmm. i'm gonna sell the bottom and people are uh, scared of you know catching knives so Mm -hmm. i don't think there's anything i think this is really when if i had to make a thesis right now this is when i think we see distribution and consolidation uh distribution for projects that are going to stay around uh, or accumulation, sorry, distribution happens at the top. So accumulation for the projects that are g- going to stick around and then consolidation. The the projects that don't have the funds anymore um, that are ripping and clawing and try to find their way back to the surface. Maybe they ran out of funds. Maybe they ran out of interest and it's really hard to gain that attention back. Um, that's kind of where we're at in the market. I think we're going to see the the big winners. Obviously, you know, a lot of the winners that are going to come out of this bear market are probably going to be in the top 10 right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's definitely going to be some, some people that, you know, are, are going to be slept on. And I think we'll do really well when the market conditions are right. So mm-hmm. interesting to dive into that, but yeah, volumes just, it is, is not great guys. It's no. not great. Just don't look at it. I don't even want to say a number right no. now, but, um, don't check tensor. Don't check soul sniper. Just don't look at charts right now, dude. It yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah. Don't I'll, be buying to make money. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. or you're going to be mad at yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I, if you're buying, it's because you have more than a month time frame on whatever yeah. project yeah. it is, and then exactly. you can reevaluate after a month. But seriously, if if you are like checking in on these floor prices every single day, you're gonna have a bad time. I mm-hmm. promise you, you're gonna have a bad time. So yeah. I'm actually really excited because um, we have light up today to talk about bad environment, and they, I mean. 
I think the projects that will do well are going to be the low barrier to entry, which mm -hmm. bad environment is right now. I mean, it was already a mint, a cheap mint anyways, but now we're looking at a really, you know, like what's the worst that can happen price. Um, and I think that to a lot of people is going to be appealing. So we're going to talk to, to light about that. Uh, why don't we go ahead and bring them on and we can talk a little bit about, Bad Environment Club. Light. Oh, and we got Schaefer, too. One minute. I got to introduce Schaefer as well. Schaefer's the homie. We uh, we talked about soccer the other night. Plus, I've, I've been talking to Schaefer for a while. But what's going on, Schaefer? How you doing? What is up, you guys? I thought I was just going to sit in the crowd and watch and uh, feast my ears, I guess. But, yeah, excited to be here. Excited to talk and meet everyone up on the panel. And, yeah, I'm feeling the same about the market. But, yeah, I think the best will survive. And, low entry or the volume can't get much lower than it is now so yeah yeah at some, that's point, at some point the bottom's in you know <laughs> that's that's kind of where i'm at is like how much worse can it get i just don't want to I've, I've been saying this on the show like i don't want to be the first mover here um because i say that and you never you just never know but yep. um of course we also have our good friend light up as well light how are you my friend yo what's going on um yeah, really glad to be here. Really appreciate y'all as always. Um, it's scary times for sure. So yeah, it's gonna be an interesting conversation. Yeah, it will. I mean, the the nice thing is, I think if you have a clear value thesis and you know what you're doing and you you mm -hmm. can survive enough right now, and that's that's where you're like, okay, I we can make this. If we can make it now, then we can make it in any oh, conditions yeah. because this is where people are completely turned away from NFTs. And I think it was, um, in my opinion, like we spread ourselves too thin across too many chains, like ordinals came. People are like, I'm going to try ETH again because there's some cool things happening over there. Uh, so we had some people going over to Polygon um, it, it, for some reason. Uh, yeah. and, and then Sui dropped as well, right? Like yep. we had fuddies and I, it was just, we were already buyer starved. And then you add into the fact that like, we're all competing against each other for chains where, it should be like, that's not how this goes. Like mm -hmm. just because your project failed on one chain doesn't mean you should mint another one right now. I mean, like if you have that idea in your head, probably wait for better market conditions when we have more attention, but that's just my two cents. I don't know if you guys feel that same way, but um, yeah. What's, we, yeah. We can, we can yeah. On that. I think like, that's such a, like we were talking to somebody the other day that, <clears throat> Oh shit. Sorry. That, pretty much said exactly what you said right like we did spread ourselves way too thin mm -hmm. um what was happening was like you know it's like web3 and like nfts and like all these new concepts and ideas and everybody had a great idea to put on the, the table and i don't think that's a bad thing but i think that you know demand was definitely there and um maybe demand works in season sometimes but the thing is supply was increasing so fast that you know demand eventually just couldn't really keep up with that and so yeah it's a it's a really interesting topic because like yeah i don't think that a future exists without nfts like just to be completely like candid but i do think that like there's just so much shit out there and it's really hard for people to like keep up with everything yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah i i think that's this the case i mean we i from in my opinion this is by far the worst law that we've had we've had several 
uh, NFT little bear cycles within the overall bear market. But this one feels like extra brutal for NFTs. And maybe it's just because of even in the last two cycles, we saw more projects come about. And the more projects came by last two cycles, last two many bull runs that we had over the past six months, we had this glut of NFTs. And now we're finally at the point where it's like, Doug, like even we had the same amount of buyers back then as we do now. So everybody's pretty strapped for liquidity. We was like, no, we, we can't handle, we can't support any more of this stuff. So uh, yeah, I guess we're all kind of feeling the effects now. But just as with anything, uh, I think it'll turn around eventually. Don't know when, but eventually it'll, you know, start popping off again. Yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to look back at charts and, and kind of pinpoint. Obviously, at the beginning of the year, we had bonk. And that just was like yeah. a massive liquidity yeah. in, injection. And people are like, oh, I'm going to rotate. And at the same time, Seoul was cheap. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a whole lot of uh, a lot of projects hadn't recovered just yet mm -hmm. from their FTX crash. And then the FTX crash itself, you know, a lot of capitulation. Like, a, a, like And it was instantaneous, too. It wasn't like this dragged out, like, Everybody, it, I, I swear, I keep saying this. It feels like the office where, you know, they're like in the circle and they're they're about to like, they're holding their guns up and then they're like putting it back down. Then they're like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> you know? and I think that's what it feels like right now is it's just this dragged out period of lull. And that's what makes it more scary to me than like the, the FTX crash was like, bro, oh. you know, we're, we're like, yes, of course, we're going to have this extreme ride down. And then this complete rise up as well. Like it was, it was just bound to happen. This time, Soul's in a weird place. Like it's, it's in like this twenty-five-ish range. We want it to break and hold twenty-seven. We don't know if it will. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with all these buyers that are across all these chains now. It's not just consolidated on Soul. It, it's just there's a lot of questions, and we don't have the answers to them right now. So it's a weird environment. It's a weird environment. Some might say it's a bad environment. Oh, good. Perfect transition, dog. I was going to say it if you didn't. <laughs> um, okay. I hate myself for saying that, but that's okay. I That segues us into Bad Environment Club. So talk us through everything that's happening with Bad Environment Club from the beginning. When did you guys start planning this out? Because the last time we talked, like, it was, it was ages ago. And this wasn't really on the radar. Yeah, it was. Um, a, yeah, it's been a minute. It's pretty crazy because you guys um, are on episode 90, right? Like you guys have just shown up consistently and like you're killing it. And I don't know. I just don't see too many people doing what y'all do. Like I, I really fucks with this. And I like the fact that you guys are able to like, I don't know. Like it's, it's sick. Appreciate y'all. But anyway, um, Bad Environment Club, it started about like in my mind like nine months ago. And or probably like 10 months ago at this point. And really, it was just supposed to be really basic, like uh, anime lore project kind of thing. And I wasn't really trying to extend it outside of that. But, you know, with so many different things happening from like, you know, like the FTX crash and like seeing like grifting hit like all time highs, like all these things that I was seeing, I was just like, you know, like I feel like there needs to be some kind of like deeper meaning or like other types of use cases for nfts because uh, eventually it's just going to get kind of old and um thankfully like i was able to like talk to really brilliant people like you know shape for example uh and kind of really make this hard pivot into nfc chip streetwear or products and so basically long story short what that means is like we've created one of the first like actual brands on solana that 
is verifiable on chain. So like all of our products are verifiable on chain and um, it takes less than 10 seconds to verify them. So like you tap it with your phone once you get a piece of clothing and you get a virtual double of that. And all it really says is like, hey, this NFT is signifying ownership to that environment club. And so, I mean, like, it's not supposed to be this, like, um, like, we're not trying to come up like we're like Louis Vuitton, right? But it's like a concept that we're super interested in because it's like one of the most like legitimate use, use cases for blockchain, in my opinion, just very simple product verification. And it does have a future for like data and all this other stuff that I'm not even talking about. And um, I think really at its core, like people like the idea of ownership when it comes to luxury things. And they also really unknowingly like the idea of blockchain and crypto. Mm -hmm. It's just really hard to use. There's tons of friction. Um, like we were talking about before, like, you know, there's grifting, there's volatility. And so it's like trying to find ways for people to navigate through that and finding ways, honestly, to even get them to the place we're talking about. So that is bad environment in a nutshell. And um, our first drop is happening at the end of the month. Um, maybe like very, very, very early August, like August 1st, but yeah. So I love the idea of that light. Um, I think one of the best use cases as well is just being able to verify IRL assets on chain. I think that'll eliminate a lot of the counterfeiting that potentially goes on with uh, <clears throat> things in the shoe market. And you don't have to be like an expert to be like, oh, is this an actual thing? It's like, boom, you just tap it with your phone. And yes, it is an actual thing. Um, and I, as you said, I think people love the idea of blockchain, but there's so much other mess <clears throat> that really convolutes what's going on here where it kind of puts off people. But I think as the market, because this is still an extremely nascent market, man, few regulations and people don't even know how to regulate this stuff yet. So I think as we see this market mature, not just in the trading aspect, but the use case aspect of this stuff, more people will be <clears throat> willing to utilize this technology for things such as asset verification. And it's great to see you on the forefront of that. Uh, so for my thing with NFTs recently, I begin to lean towards more NFTs that are community oriented or doing something cool and innovative such as yourself and like dealing with the whole merch stuff. It's like, dude, that sounds awesome. It's like I had a bunch of pre-sales that I still hold on to just because I'm enjoying what you're doing with the project. It's like it's one of those things I didn't pick it up for a trade. I just picked it up to be part of the project. Yeah, I, I and I echo that sentiment. I, I actually swept a, a few not too, too long ago, but. It was more or less like a, a leverage bet on you guys just because, mm -hmm. well, you guys have also shown up every single day and I appreciate mm -hmm. that. But I think it was that there's a different paradigm to this project and it was so cheap too. like the, yeah. the mint cost exactly. compared to some cheap. of the other ones we've seen uh, recently mm -hmm. where it's, you know, three plus soul mm -hmm. in this market is like uh, that feels like a lot of people aren't going to be drawn to it. But then I saw what you guys were doing. I was like, yeah, sure. I would absolutely 100% yep. support you guys. I think it's really interesting that you're talking about product tracking. It kind of reminds me of like VeChain and, and Vet and and what they're ThorChain or whatever they rebranded to um, and why a lot of homies were attracted to them. And I traded them early on to my career, but it, just talking about supply chain, right? And ver verifying in supply chain. I think this is where NFTs become so unique because when you're talking about luxury goods, like, yeah, VeChain sounds good for like mass products, right? But when you're talking about NFTs, it's nice just to be able to label it with its own NFT, right? Like it shows like this is when it was created, kind of like um, 
you know, on, on whiskey barrels or anything like that. You see like uh, people are like, oh, yeah, this was this was made here with wine. You have vintages um, and you want to see that it's verified. Like I have yep. a bunch of memorabilia up on my walls over here. It's nice when it comes with that certification. Right. But even then you could you could still like manage to um, what am I what am I trying to get at here? Uh, replicate it. Right. Like it could be a fraud. You can't really do that with NFTs. Yep. You can show like this is where it came from. This is when it was minted uh, or made and kind of go from there and just show the entire product tracking. So it's really cool what you guys are trying yep. to do. Uh, and I think there's a definite product market fit. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a while for the rest of the market to see it, though. Would you agree with that sentiment where it's like this is going to be something that isn't going to happen overnight? This is going to be something that happens over time. And I think that's really hard for a lot of DGENs to understand. Yeah, it's like it's almost impossible for a lot of people to understand because it's like, you know, it's funny because like even like a week after we minted, um, you know, people, certain people were asking me about like, okay, so like I have this pill, what does it do? And I was like, (laughs) what do you mean? Right? Like, I, I would hope you knew, I would hope you know what it does before you buy in kind of thing. But I'm always like pretty patient. I always explain things, but also some people are like expecting like two X's, five X's, 10 X's. And I'm like, Hey, we just minted a week ago and our vision isn't really like, it's a, it's a bit more drawn out, right? Like we're trying to do things on a scale that like people probably haven't really seen before. And a lot of that involves doing things in the physical world, like outside of like the internet, outside of the ecosystem even. And so yeah, like patience would probably be like the the number one thing for a project like this. Um, but the cool thing about that as well is like, you know, Schaefer and I, like all we do all day is like plot on ways to make this thing like pop mm-hmm. even, you know, harder. And so um, there's just so many things that like we're just excited for in the next like week or two, because like, for example, like you guys said, like, you hold like a bunch of pre-sales, like there's going to be a very specific use case for people like yourselves, right? That have all these pills, but don't exactly know like what to do with them or know what's going on. Like soon it's going to make so much sense that it's like, I don't know. It's just going to be like, it's going to be bad. So, um, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> exactly, to it, yeah. man. And it, it's, I hate to say this about Solana because it gets a bad rap, but I didn't fully understand until I started going to other chains. Like, People on Solana cannot hold patience for freaking longer than 30 seconds. And unfortunately, good project founders always suffer from it. It's always some type of FUD or win, win, win. We saw this with Bedogos. We saw we you're experiencing it now. And we saw it with the heist, but heist was a little bit different. They got FUDed for pre-sale prices. But at the same time, it's just like let's gang up on good projects. While you go to other chains, Doodles was quiet for three months and still held up, what, like a four or five ETH floor? Like, no shot that would ever happen on Solana. Nothing for three or four months and still held a four to five ETH floor. Absolutely insanity. Over on um, Azuki, yes, there's been, I think Azuki's also a, a side effect of the overall market, but... Dog, it's like they're trying to build a brand, and guess what? People are like, yeah, let's do it. They had a 16th ETH floor for freaking months, dude. Absolutely insane. I still think they're sitting at 6 or 7 ETH, even over on Bitcoin. Like, a lot of the projects over there are just like, yo, the founders are cooking. 
chill. And the community's like, yeah, dog, stop asking when. They're working. Let them do their thing. So it's just like, I just hate it on Solana. It's just like, dog, give them a minute to breathe and stop trying to floor. Like, and it makes no sense. Cause like, if the price doesn't immediately go up, people floor. And then if it doesn't get immediately brought up, people continue to floor and floor and floor and drive down their own bags. It's ridiculous, man. Sorry about my cold. Yeah, <laughs> it's, no, I feel you. I, I love the passion too. But um, I, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I almost, maybe I'm, maybe I'm delusional, right? But like, I, I genuinely do feel like Solana is going to like have that like come to Jesus moment. And then they'll just be like, okay, shit, we need to like really start like holding stuff. Um, and the community that we formed, right? Like everybody kind of knows each other at this point. Um, I think this community can genuinely become one of the, the strongest, like highest conviction chains. Mm -hmm. um, it's just going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of trust and a little more legitimacy, I would say. But um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty bullish on that. But you're so right. Like I saw Doodles not say anything for like half a year and like that floor price never nope. moved. Rock solid, dog. Rock solid, man. Absolutely insane. It was almost better when they didn't say anything. They <laughs> exactly. had, poopy, had Poopy come up here and it was like, oh, yeah, we're not an NFT project anymore. And, and just, yeah, yep. We're like, basically, we're turning you into consumers and that's all you'll ever be, um, which that was tragic. But um, not to punch down on some Ethereum projects, let's talk more about bad environment. So, what am I doing with this garbage? Like, what's what, what, I, I literally mean it. I got airdropped a bunch of garbage. And I'm sitting here wondering what what just happened. Yeah, dude. Um, so I will shoot you a link. There's also a, a link in our Discord, but basically you can redeem it for like art or money or like any kind of prize. Like there's a bunch, there's a huge prize pool we put together of about three thousand dollars and some really badass art from like Moose Cake um oh, and Moy Muyu. Or Moimu, oh, I something love like Moimu. that. I'm like yeah, the biggest Moimu yeah. fan, dog. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely get in on that. <laughs> okay, yeah, dude, I didn't even know about the trash can. Sorry, trash. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to try to pick up some more of her work, man. That, That's awesome. Like, I have a question, too, because I'm looking to enter as well, just because, like, it just is a no-brainer here. Close to the end, I'm building on people that give a fuck about this, this community and this ecosystem. So... Well, how how do the tiers work? Can you explain the different colored pills and how that how that translates? Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Um, so basically, we have this shop that we've been creating for the past two months, right? And I would say it's about ninety five percent done at this point. And how this shop works is like you know we just were like almost like beating our heads against the wall because there's no other like store on Solana that will act like this. And I didn't realize it until we got super deep in. And the way it's supposed to work is it accepts USDC, Solana, and Fiat, right? So like somebody on Instagram that's seeing our clothes can literally come to the store. And it just looks like a regular store and they can buy a piece of merchandise. So that was kind of like the vision behind that. And so these pills have a really, really like um, central process or a central point in our store. So... The blue pill, the red pill, and the gold pill. The blue pill is going to give you, um, I guess, like the least amount of discount and least amount of early access in comparison to the gold pill. But the point is, is like all these pills so, basically act as lifetime loyalty passes. Mm -hmm. 
So the TLDR is as we scale and as we continue to generate revenue and as we do the things that we're, we plan to do, right, in our roadmap, um, hopefully people can get some kind of value from that in the long term. If they're really inter- in, interested in our products, if they want to come to events, if they want to just like kind of flex the fact that they were one of the first people to really believe in the vision. And on top of all of that as well, we do have like this whole like PFP aspect to it that hasn't even like really been touched upon too much. But um, our first auction did extremely well. I think it was like 14.2 sold or something like that. And all the art is done by Diff. So like there's a lot of layers to this project and I'm just super excited to like get people more knowledgeable about it. So I got a couple, I got a sorry, Joe, go ahead, John, my bad. Oh, no, no, no. I just wanted to, I, I, I think that, I just wanted to say, give you your flowers for that idea. I think that's truly special to be able to hold something and understand that, like, you're you're betting on this team, but it's a loyalty pass, and you're getting extra rewards for having the higher tier. That just makes sense to me, so I'm glad that that's how it worked. It was simple and, and perfect, so thank you. Of course, man. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to, like, enter anybody into the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, Light, I do want to go to a question that K10 was asking in, in the comments before we kind of move on real quick. Um, she was asking, can Light explain the mechanism on having an item verified on, on the blockchain translates to the phys- physical world? Is it a record of transactions? How does that work if wallets are anonymous? Um, basically saying, if the transfer of items is recorded on the blockchain, how can a normal person verify the transfer? What are the preventative measures in place to prevent scams so there's a lot to unpack there but i i kind of see what she's saying yeah yeah absolutely i love this question um so we are working with a company called monstre and we are also you know in talks with cupcake we talk to them pretty often and so like these are two the these are basically the two people to go to if you want to do like um verification on solana and so with monstre they designed our nfc chips and they also designed the back-end process of it and what people are going to see through TipLink. And so to kind of walk you through how this works, you know, imagine you buy a shirt from Bad Environment Club. It comes to your doorstep. You tap with your phone, and it comes up. Um, essentially, you're, you, you're given this UI that just says verify, right? It doesn't say mint. It doesn't say anything, like, that would throw people off. And so you press verify, and about five, six seconds, you verify your piece of clothing and you get a virtual double. Now, the really cool part about this is you can always tap that shirt. You can always tap the NFC to see, hey, like my shirt's still here. And it does indeed say on the blockchain, this came from Bad Environment Club. On top of that, we haven't even really touched on this fact too much either, but we're allowed to essentially airdrop things to these NFC chips. So that lasts forever, right? Like, randomly people can receive let's say rewards on their shirts or their merchandise that they get from us and yeah that's why i'm like super excited for it because it's not this like linear thing right it kind of has like a a way of being very like i don't know like it, it moves in several directions and it's just super interesting to see this kind of technology play out but yeah the tldr is um you're able to verify these things very easily and you're always able to tap your NFC chip to ensure that you're the one that verified it, you're the owner and you you indeed got it from Bad Environment Club. Mm-hmm. So it, it's great because like, even if that shirt was stolen by somebody or those shoes or whatever was stolen, the individual who, 
I guess, owns the NFT or verified the article of clothing would still get the rewards from future drops until that item successfully transferred to somebody else? Yeah, and another thing is like, we're able to like replace NFC chips. Like they, if they're damaged or if they're lost or stolen, yeah, like we can totally do that. Okay. The nice thing is too, is like when you have a verification certificate like that, just going back to the memorabilia, for instance, mm -hmm. uh, my signed Jersey over here, wouldn't it be worth nearly as much if it didn't have its certificate. So if you mm -hmm. have the, the NFT, the, the verification from cupcake and, Monstre, uh, then you're basically cutting that item's value in half or possibly even more for anybody if it's that high of level of collectible. So I think there's like if you can build upon this, this is where you can really say like, hey, you can have this shirt, but the real value comes from the digital identity, which is yeah. the world we're going towards anyways. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's why NFTs um, are like they will always be a part of society, in my opinion because we are moving towards a, a digital identity sort of revolution where it's just attention economy, AI, you got avatars and your profiles and your profiles matter even more than, you know, like what you actually do in business sometimes. And like, it, it's crazy to see that's the level we're at. Like if you said that stuff to somebody a decade ago, they would laugh at you, point fingers at you and say like, hey, you're an absolute clown. Um, mm -hmm. We're, we're here now, you know, maybe the only thing we had back then was like Twitter in the early days and Facebook. And I think we we're just yep. coming on the advent of Instagram. I don't even think it was owned by Zuck yet, but um, like it was just starting to happen in my opinion. So I think we're just, when you have that level of value basically in digital form and it comes with digital assets, you know, in the form of airdrops, if there's loyalty rewards for having that shirt um, and being like an early participant in these sales, that's huge. And I think that's where a lot of value is going to come from and a lot of value growth is going to come from in the future years to come for mm -hmm. sure. Um, what did yeah. you say the item? I think we answered that K10. Uh, let me know if I didn't, you can let me know in the comments, but go ahead, Light. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you touched on a lot of really good points. And I, I think with like, you know, the future of like, like product verification and NFTs and, like even AR, right? I think things are going to get super weird, like in the future. Like I really do like envision this like future where you're kind of like just walking and you see some shoes you like on the street, like some person is wearing it, for example, and you take out your phone and you can like scan it. And then you see like all this crazy AR stuff pop out and super interactive. And you can also see if it's legit or if it's fake. And yeah, like um, I think the the line between like reality and like the... I guess you could at this point call it like the metaverse, right? Or like clothes are even digital. Mm -hmm. That line is going to like continue to blur and it's going to get weirder, but cooler. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be really fun. I I'm, I'm just excited because like, it's a little bit scary, I would say, mm -hmm. working in an industry as volatile as Web3, but then on top of that, working in a niche within, you know, the niche, I would say. Yeah. But it's it's super super fun like every day we wake up and we're trying to like solve a new problem on top of not abandoning this idea of web3 right like that's the biggest thing we were kind of talking about like community before it's still really important to foster a good community and um yeah we're, we're trying to wear like multiple different hats and, and try and do it all at the moment yeah I, so let's 
talk a little bit about because I, I love all this because you are you, you're multifaceted at this point, and I think that's a really good way to go. Do you see all the facets that you're in right now? Because I see art and we have airdrops and we have supply chain with the actual physical goods itself. And oh, by the way, that comes with the NFT proves, you know, verification and also could possibly get you airdrops in the future. That's a whole lot. Do you see this kind of coinciding once people are like, you know, they finally see your vision because I, I see where it's going and I can definitely see the coincision like this. While it feels like it's like, oh, God, they're trying to do too much right now. I think it all coincides at the end point, right? Like um, art is a really good marketing mechanic to yep. me. Like, you know, your PFP is your your persona, right? Like I'm I'm now the spectral sheriff. That's who I am. Um, you know, you got Joe over there. That's ZMB. You know, your your mm -hmm. PFP is you. And mm -hmm. so I think that's a really good way of marketing. I think your goods attached with the NFT that could then be shown for verification of ownership as well as the airdrops itself. That's in itself a value add, but it all kind of blends together um, in some way, shape or form. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think a lot of times when, um, you know, people say things on web three, right? Like they're like, Oh, I want to do X. A lot of people, you know, sometimes may either not believe them or they like overestimate what's going to happen. And so pretty much we said, hey, we're going to do X. And so right now people just like physically cannot see it because like mm -hmm. the website is not out, right? Like the clothes aren't in their hands. As soon as, and I would probably say, yeah, like by the end of this month, right? As soon as like people physically see the store, they mm -hmm. see the vision, they see how it works. And then on top of that, if they decide to like grab a piece of merchandise and they're able to scan it and like that weird magical moment of like actually like what we were talking about all these months ago comes true. I think that's going to be like the like, oh shit moment, you know? And then we transition again into our next season where we just, we're not really like an NFT project at that point anymore in people's minds. It's like an actual like business. And so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the vision. And I think that, our only job right now is to just like uh, hunker down and just deliver on it. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. Beautiful. Yep. Like if I could, Oh, sorry, babe. No, you can no, go, go. I don't show my face and just cutting in. Cause it's hard to tell guys. Um, so quick question. So if it said someone that's excited for the merch and can read between the lines has delayed gratification and they want to maximize on their discount and head start advantage. Right. Cause I get it. I'm, I, I like, threads i'm into shoot i understand how this rolls out and once this gets hyped that's going to be a big advantage and a big value prop mm -hmm. so is there an incentive to hold more of your assets or less or is there is there once you're tiered you have the tier there's no maximum to it like what is the tiering system for someone that's trying to maximize their benefits as a holder i could definitely say like right now as things stand you know um regardless of the pill that you have there is a very specific incentive that we are going to announce tomorrow um, to be holding. Okay, sorry. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, all right, yeah. Perfect. And it's super, super like, I, I think that'll change the way that people kind of look at the project at that point. But on top of that, you know, even just like, let's say you have a gold pill and you have multiple gold pills. I think if you're kind of looking at it from like this angle of like Supreme, right? Like, so back in the 90s when Supreme first came out, 
um, it was really just like a skateboard hangout shop, right? Like there wasn't like too much going on. They just so happened to have like a few clothes and people would wear it. And it wasn't like super big then, right? Like they didn't have lines of people waiting to get like the next drop and stuff like that. But I'm sure they gave out like, you know, like these like loyalty discount passes, right? And so kind of like imagine it from an angle where like if you were back in the 90s and Supreme gave you just like five of these passes and they're just like, okay, do whatever you want with it. If you decided to like lose it or like give it to a friend or um, sell it for like a couple bucks, you know, probably five, 10 years in the future, you're feeling like shit, I really should have like probably held on to that at least. So like, I would say like the incentive kind of comes from that, right? As we scale like the pass scales, but then on top of that, it's like, if you would want multiple items and it's a really hype drop and there's just no other way to get it unless you hold these pills, you could technically just use like different wallets with all of the gold pills, for example and uh, secure several drops that way. All right, thank you. So yeah, full transparency, right? I just, I was looking obviously to enter. So that answered my question beautifully. And I, I just swept, I think 10 gold pills because that's I'm all about that. So thank you for that answer, bro. And I like to keep it transparent out here. People pocket hey, watching. appreciate anyway. that, man. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna I'm ask another- I'm talking to people, you know? Go ahead, Dor. Uh, I was gonna ask another question uh, regarding, I saw an announcement in Discord about, um, like burning pills for like a peel upgrade. Um, could you talk more about that? And also, could you talk about that movie mode drop? Cause um, I'm trying to get in on that. <laughs> yeah. So wait, do you hold a gold pill by chance? I hold I gold I'll send you one door if you need it. Oh no, you no. I got dropped. like four. Did I leak alpha I that I wasn't supposed to? You leaked the alpha, but you know <laughs> yes. what? Cool. Oh, oh my bad, dude. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. you know what? Fuck it. The cat's out of the bag at this I'm point. Yeah, like, basically, what's gonna happen? My bad, Mike. You oh can God. burn pills. You can burn pills uh, to get a gold pill, essentially. And so, um, I won't like say the exact number, but like that's that's pretty much like what we want to do. Mm -hmm. And we want to become a deflationary collection because at this moment, we just believe that like. Yeah, we want more like not exclusivity, but to have a more tight knit community group of people that really believe in the vision. So, yeah, that's the alpha. We'll uh, post an official announcement tomorrow. <laughs> I love this. I was just reading that same update, and I was like, "Oh yeah, this thing." You know, the the holders club, the gold pill club. I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll talk about this offline with with light. And then literally, as I finished reading it, like just looking into the details, I see doors like, so I see here on the announcements, <laughs> die. I thought it was a public section, man. No, no it's my that's bad, a, dude. That's okay. that's okay. Look, we can, uh, it, the real alpha was how many it takes. So yeah, I, I don't I, think you leaked the, no. the major, major alpha, but yeah, no, that's. That's good. That's interesting. I really like the fact that you guys are trying to become. God damn it, our motherfuckers deflation. Def what? I think people are <laughs> buying. They do it all the time. <laughs> uh, that, that's okay. Yeah, they're gonna front run us. But I think it's really interesting that you're becoming a deflationary collection because, uh, you know, we kind of talk about how I talked about this on No Fluff the other day, where this isn't really the environment to be having 10k collections right and you guys aren't you guys didn't come out as such it was more so in the 5k range was it 5k on the dot or was it five 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 um i can't remember off the top of my head but 
you guys came out with a, a less than 10k collection, right? But even then, this this market is just brutal right now. Like I said on the beginning of the show, we have 2,000 buyers. So then it's like, okay, well, how do I work that? I was saying on no fluff, like if I were to start a collection today, and the only reason I don't want to say the only reason a lot of people kind of believed in heist is because we already had remnants and we were one of the mo more successful gaming projects. And we're like, oh, we're just going to use another thought we had in our head in a different way. Not everybody has the luxury of going back on that. Like, I know you, like, I invest in you because I know you and, and people like Schaefer, right? You guys are good people for the, the ecosystem, but it's more so that's a large collection size. Well, if you're dwindling it down, that's good, right? You start becoming a small niche community and you start weeding out really the, the bad actors or the people that are like, oh, this I couldn't flip this for 2x in like two seconds. What are you talking about? Um, it kind of gets it down to a boutique collection at the end of the day, which I think is super interesting because you're working back from what I said the steps I would take if I were to start a project today, which was mm -hmm. I would start a one-on-one -on -one collection. I would do it like a boutique. And I don't know if it'd be PFPs or not. PFPs obviously very powerful on Twitter if I can get everybody to switch them over there. But then I would scale up from there. You know, I've seen a few people do it. Bungeel did it with Rat Pack and then he went to Lotus and now he has Lily, um, which, you know, market conditions aside and that tanking all floor prices, not just uh, Lilies or anything, did really well. Like Lily went from a, a what? A one soul mint for holders to I think it was like four to five on dynamic mint and went all the way to 15. Like, mm -hmm. and, and people love it. People still rock lilies. I think they make yep. for great digital great identity. PFP. So um, I think the way you're doing it is really cool because you're backing into basically what I thought my solution would be if I were to start a new project. Um, as far as like, let's say the, the, let's say the ecosystem is ripe for good high market impact we have a whole lot of buyers again we're we're back in like 10 to 20,000 buyers um would you ever plan on expanding the collection and and if so how would you go about it and this is completely theoretical i'm not saying you would or anything but how would you meaningfully do it because we've seen what happened with like gen 3 right now um is probably the top of the mind example where i understand why they did it but this was not really the market to do so in um how would you go about it? I guess is my, my ultimate question. Yeah, this is such an interesting topic because we've almost had like a master class in like what not to do from like Azuki to yeah. Right. Um, and I love all these projects, by the way, like I think yeah. that like everyone's just trying to sure. figure it out and you know, no one has bad intentions, but you know um, when it comes to expanding your collection, dilution or at least the topic of dilution is always going to be on the table so it's like to me in my head the first thing i'm thinking of is like okay seriously what is this new collection going to bring to people that the original collection is not because if it's the exact same thing then it's just dilution and there's no real reason to do it and i value the exclusivity and the um like we were talking about the tight knitness of a community over money at that point um so i i'm not sure if there is a, a a great way to do it but i will say if there is a way to actually deliver true value to people outside of like putting more money in your pocket essentially then you should absolutely do it and also if ever came a time like you know for a bad environment club right i think at the end of this burning we would have like 
way less than a, a 2K supply. Um, I think at that point, if people were genuinely really interested, like almost like foaming at the mouth kind of thing for a few extra, um, there would be a way to kind of do it maybe cheaper, maybe even cheaper than the original mint. Um, but then we have to like focus on all their issues and stuff. So yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think like, I think it'd be cool to do something in the sense of like, you could always distribute more pills after this token, uh, this pill burn. And I'm not going to harp too much on the details and semantics of it, but um, yeah, it's like, you can always distribute more and give people a chance, let's say, you know, to, to burn those and, you know, kind of basically like a breathing organism, right? Like it ebbs and flows. We, we are expanding our collection size because the market environment's right. We think we can provide enough value. We think we can get more people on board. And then, you know, you, you implement the burn when you're like, Hey, market conditions are going down. We'd rather, you know, hold on to the tight knit community. If you want out, I'm sure there's enough people that believe in us to buy your pills off of you. So then that they can burn to get to this next tier or standard or whatever that looks like. I think that'd actually be really interesting. I, now I'm like heavy game theorying it because I think yeah. that's the kind of project that would be able to withstand a bunch of different market conditions. Mm -hmm. um, because we see yeah. it like this is this is not a time to be expanding collections yet. A lot of people are solely for the fact that they're like, we're, we're trying to survive it, you know, whatever the condition was that got us to a point where, you know, like SMB totally made sense. They had to get yep. the IP off. There's a bunch of convolutedness. They knew like we're expanding in a really bad time and this is going to be what happens, but eventually it'll make sense. Right. Um, we don't know how they got there. Some people shouldn't mint again because their first project was a failure in a yeah. bowl minting again in a bear probably not a good idea and that's not fud that's facts like it is mm -hmm. <laughs> if you didn't survive in a bowl and you didn't manage your money right and everything you don't have the business sense to be trying to mint again in a bear yep. i'm not trying to be harsh but that's blunt and that's why we got to oversaturation in the first place mm -hmm. yeah no absolutely it's kind of like a I, I think this whole topic of oversaturation is like really real. And I'm glad we're having the conversation now because like, it seems like back in the day, you couldn't even really say anything. And if you did, you were fighting. Right. But now it's like a real issue. We see like the effects of it on the market, um, bear market aside. Right. Like we can actually see like, okay, this is what happens when a collection is just way too saturated. And so, um, yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, with, with pills, like right now, it's like this idea of trying to get that, you know, right number. But also, I, I think a lot of people still view pills as static. Like they view it as this, like, oh, it only does this thing and that's it. But pills are actually really dynamic. And so we're trying to reinforce this idea of like, um, someone made fun of me for saying tight-knitness so i'm not going to say dynamicness but you know <laughs> we're trying to reinforce that idea right like we're trying to show people like hey it actually does this and this and this and that and by giving it like this really basic function where we're not like over promising anything right it pretty much just does what it does but by doing that we're able to expand upon it in crazy ways that like i can't even say right now right but like one of the ways right was like the burn but then there's like two more levels to it that we've already like constructed on the back end. So yeah, it's going to be really fun. And um, I also just am glad to be doing it at this time, as crazy as that sounds like I, I would not want to be doing this in a bull market. Mm -hmm.
Yeah. Well, yeah. especially the wins are different in a bull market too, mm -hmm. because then uh, here's what happens in a bull market. And I saw it time after time after time is people over speculate on yes. a product. They end up going five X right off the mint. Mm -hmm. People are like, I'm a genius. Those people that bought five X though, are the ones that are like, Oh yeah, this is going to keep going higher when it stops going higher. Because naturally, why would something 5X right out the gates if they haven't even released a product or anything yet and it's going to take time, like they have a long time horizon, then they start asking when. And they are the loudest wins in the world. They are the ones that, like, what they mean by when, what it translates to from DGEN is please say something or do something to make floor price go up again so mm -hmm. I can exit. Most times, nine times out of ten, that's exactly what it translates to. Um, when you're building in a bear, you can kind of absorb the winds and it makes it real nice too, because it is an actual thing is there's systematic risk across the board. Nobody wants to buy NFTs. You can always point to that be like, look, I know this is tough. If you want to sell, you're more than welcome to. Um, and I'm sorry, you know, if you're incurring a loss, a lot of this is out of my control, but what I am going to do is I'm going to build the best damn product, best damn business, best damn, whatever it is um, and deliver it in a timely manner that is sustainable because if you look at you guys, you guys have been around what two weeks now? Yeah. Two weeks. Like, who who in their right mind is coming out with something in two weeks that's mm -hmm. actually like more than oh you know we're trying to do this that and the other um, that is just a rip yeah. off somebody else's project, right? I mean, more times than yeah. not, it's usually that. But what's up, Joe? Yeah, such a good point, uh, B. And uh, my last question to Light would be. From like a logistical standpoint, from from Web two, like, uh, is there any conflicts for that for you guys? Because I know that's got to be a big part of like what you're pushing, obviously behind the veil. So like, um, that's my question to you: is is that is that is that hard to come by, or do you kind of find like log logistical standpoint, like you you guys are pretty set up well? Yeah, you know, honestly, we're just super super blessed to be like i don't know if you guys believe in like the law of attraction or anything like that but yep. it's like the the pieces just keep falling in the right places mm -hmm. and it's crazy because like you know first um i had no idea that schaefer was going to be my co-founder right like i had no idea who was into streetwear like this is someone i worked with on ugs and we built this whole crazy like product before and now it was like oh yeah i'm into streetwear and i was like i had no idea right and so he has like a whole background in that and then his friend um soul plug like i got to meet him in new york and i that's where i met schaefer too and it's like he has like a whole business revolving around like distributing clothes for huge yeah. merchandisers like you know fear of god and spider right and so like from a logistics standpoint on top of the money that you know we have in our, our war chest right now things are looking really good i would say um and if we're not able to execute based on like all the people and connections and, and just basically even the capital we have, like there's a huge problem, right? Like there's like, I would say like a massive problem that falls completely on us and nobody else. So yeah, like things are looking great. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm just pretty much in the mode of like, let me just like show it to people rather than like, you know, talk about it too much. So I've been like, super not active on twitter like i used to be mm -hmm. because like my next few tweets i want them to be pretty impactful for the brand so mm -hmm. it's gonna be really badass so look light man i'm a, i'm a, 
dog, I kind of want to wrap up the show so I can buy some pills because the floor just keeps going up. <laughs> it does. I don't know. He keeps buying them too. There was one one account that bought. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, gold pills. So thank you so much uh, for for that. Um, yeah, we we should. <laughs> okay <laughs> okay let's go joe yeah, um anyways i should have known that too uh, joe Jeez. joe always be buying uh the stuff we're talking about he's like, <laughs> he's like hey if i'm picking it bro it's because i don't have time yeah. bro and then like i get here and i'll and like you guys are doing the interview because you guys are articulate good looking and smart and i'm scared of that's just because nobody's so seen you yet joe hang out yeah, yeah, right. I get to hang out and like really get to understand the founders and like understand their their, their mindset, their paradigms, but, and then like really ask the questions that like nobody else wants to ask and like really hear like obviously everything's not going to be ready or done right now, but I just want transparency and truthfulness, and, and from there we can we can really build a rapport with your with your holders. So yeah, that that's definitely my tactic. Be I'm a sit, let you guys ball out with questions, and then I front run you. every single time. Um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna we are gonna wrap up the show, but I do have a, a couple things. One, I could not agree more, light with your fact that you are saying you want to save your tweets for more impactful for the brand. Mm -hmm. I see far too many founders in this space. I'm not naming names, but when shit hits the fan. Uh, rather than sit down, put their head down, and just build and ignore the noise, they try to create more noise themselves and yeah. try to drown out the haters by like, oh, yeah, we're going to build, and we're going to build, and we're going to build. And like, no, if you're tweeting that much, I know you're not building. Like, there's no shot. Um, when we were in heist mode, like, there is no shot I had any time to do anything mm -hmm. except for sit on calls with people and just, like, walk through everything what's happening with the devs where are we at with sprints should we be marketing this right now um and getting off twitter ignores that noise right so when you're saying you want to save that impact for best i could not agree more because i see it time and time again with founders their floor price starts tanking they start getting louder on twitter and that does not it doesn't do anything for the longevity of it at the end of the day they become more reactive than proactive and they're never going to make a, a successful business that way mm -hmm. ever. If you cannot read, if you do not have enough content for the next three to six months that you're sitting on and yeah, you're going to have to pivot at yeah. times. That's just how the market is, especially in NFTs where we're still finding our ways. Um, and you're just saying we're going to do this, this, and this because the community is asking win, win, win. Um, they, it, that's how well, I've seen it time and time again, especially in Web3 games when we were doing a whole lot of market researches. They were reacting to the community rather than being proactive on what they really want or what's really going to drive the needle forward. So kudos to you for doing that. The last thing I'll say, and again, guys, this is not financial advice. One, Light and Shafe, are, they're, they're the homies, dude. Uh, we invest in people. Uh, I know Door's kind of the same way. Joe is as well. I... I wholeheartedly believe that the risk reward you are getting mm -hmm. on these pills at point four. Now yes. they're point four one. They were point three five, and yes, they were, no, dude, they were point three two three three. And then light started talking, and then the floor kept going up. <laughs> at it's still at the end of the day, like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go try to degen mint something mm -hmm. for this price? Are you going yep. to go out and and mint something that's minting for three to five soul that mm -hmm. the market probably says they're hyped on, but eventually? Really, they're just trying to dump it on you for a quick, you know, 0.5 soul profit, maybe. Yeah. Um, this is about as good a time as any 
to be investing in good people, you know, and I, I echo this sentiment with stuff like Bodagos. I know what they're working on, right? They've just been down on me solely because of the market, solely because they didn't release something right off the rip. But what they're building takes more than a day. Yep. So please, like, if there is ever a time to DCA into something, DCA into people like Light, DCA into people like Easy, yep. the people that have been showing up constantly. Um, so not financial advice, of course, my risk is not your risk. My time horizon is not your time horizon. I have to give that disclaimer, but, um, like you're just, you're, you're a good person. You mean well for the space. You're trying to push the needle forward. And for that reason, that's why I will always endorse, um, what you guys do. You're not a bad actor. You're not trying to make a bad environment contradictory to what your project is. So, um, kudos to you and Schaefer, which is now in the back room, but I'll let him up after the show. Man, thank y'all so much. I, I really appreciate it. And I, ha I have to say, you know, the same thing about y'all. Like there's very few people that are in the ecosystem right now that consistent, consistently wake up trying to do the right thing. And the fact that you guys not only do the right thing, but you're making content about this crazy, crazy time here we live in is, is just dope. It's super dope to me. And so thank y'all so much. I can't say thank you enough. And Man, we need to like do these more often. Like, I'm super down to even just like check out Rare Fud more than I have been. That's okay. That. You're more than welcome to. Yeah. We we usually get a lot of of people starting to tune into the show, especially now, which is really weird because we're yeah. in a very weird part of the market. But yeah, um, we we definitely get our spikes in in show volume. So, uh, dude, I appreciate you as always. Mm -hmm. um, looking forward to meeting you in Nashville, man, and and getting to hang out. If you guys aren't aware. Solana Summerfest is coming up. If you guys don't have your tickets yet, what are you doing? It's going to be the most fun event that we'll have in Solana. No conferences, no speakers where you're waiting for an hour and then maybe you get to meet somebody for 15 minutes before you're trying to move to the next event because, holy cow, it's a crowded schedule. Yeah. Um, this is just pure fun, pure events if you want to go to them. If not, no worries. Um, and you get to meet a lot of the people. And it's one of the cheaper events uh, out of any of them. So come to Nashville. Go check out SolanaSummerFest.com. See what it's all about. Light and I will be there. Dor and Joe won't because they're lame, but that's okay. Um, I will hold down the fort on Rare Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Dor's face. Anyways, um, yeah, I think that about does it for Rare Fuck. We do stream every Tuesday, Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Please make sure to subscribe down below. And we do upload these to podcast. I did upload the last one to podcast. I was on the last one. It was good information. This one will be as well. Go check us out. Leave us a review. And we appreciate you guys for showing up, even in these market conditions. We'll see you for the next episode of Rare Fub Radio. Peace.